everything in this world, huh? everything was created and is being created according to God's will. The will of God is such that all creation, there's a beginning to creation, there's an end to creation. We can see this in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Revelation 4, verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. Yes, you created everything according to your will. Okay? The, the will of God is there. I think in some versions there is will, isn't it? Can you read that version? Revelation 4.11 You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. The will of God. The will of God is so great that nothing can exist without the will of God. Every human being has been created according to his will. So never ever think that, you know, you have your life to go through and you have to find out your own way how you're going to lead your life. No. Your life was created by God and, and the will of God is for you for every day, every moment there is a will of God, every second. And that is what we're going to see. So there is God's will. And that is God's perfect will for every one of us. If I say God's will, that means there's a perfect will. He wants everyone to be good. He wants everyone to receive the best. He wants everyone you know, to fulfill the purpose of His creation. He created us with a purpose. So in order to fulfill the purpose of His creation, when we follow His will, and that means we are following the perfect will of God, given for me. However, I would say, not only many, I think all of us, all of us have walked away from the perfect will of God. If you think very carefully. Everyone. Everyone has left God's will and followed their own will. And when we follow our own will, we get hit here and hit there we want to do things according to our you know, desire and we find that what we want to achieve, we really cannot achieve that much. Even if you achieve, the end result will be sadness or will be, you know, uh, you will never be fulfilled. You will never be satisfied. Because the will of God knows what we want. And the will of God gives us because He created us. He knows what we need. And He gives us what we need. What I think is what I need is not what I need. It's not the right way. 
So when we go our own way, it is my will, I'm pursuing my will and not God's will. And where does God stand in that? Now when I continue, when I go into my will and do the things which I like to do in my way, there's such a thing known as God's permissive will. If God doesn't permit us to do according to our will, you can see, we can, you know, we can be totally destroyed. We can be exterminated if we see it in that way that God's will has to be completed in our life, otherwise we can be. But God is a great and good God, a very compassionate God. So what he says, okay, you want to do your way? Okay, I permit you to do your way. The, the permissive will of God. The permissive will of God. So God allows. You see, there was a prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Balaam. He was called by a king, the king of Moab. Called him to come to his place to curse the Israelites. To curse the Israelites. Israelites were God's people. Now what happened was, God told him, he prayed and asked God, God, this, this king is calling me, and God told him, do not go. Do not go, one, is the will of God. The second thing is telling, do not curse them. That's God's will. Do not go, do not curse them. But Balaam, the prophet, had a weakness. His weakness was, you know, wealth and gifts and all that. When the king sent gifts to him, he was enticed, he was tempted by the gifts. And the king sent again more gifts. You see, what we have to do is, when the Lord says, don't go means don't go. But this man goes to God again in prayer. He says, Lord, what am I to tell? They have come again. You know, he, he acts innocently to God. God knows the heart of man. There are Christians like that. They know that God says you can't do that. They know that. The will of God says that you cannot do that. But they pretend not to know and go and ask, can I do that again, God? Can I do that? So God says, go. God tells Balaam, go! That is the permissive will of God. But the permissive will of God will not protect you. The permissive will of God will not protect you. And that is why we can see many of us in our heart, in our hearts, huh? you see, like certain things, whether you are Christian or not, in your heart you know that a decision you make is not a good decision. But you are making a decision because there's something which you like to have. Something you desire. You know it is not right. But you make the decision because you desire the thing. So that is, you are going on your will. Because 
the feeling which says don't do that is actually the direction of God which says the will of God says don't do that. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian. Because for every person, every created being, God has a will. So when the Lord says don't do that, then when we go and do that, we go into a relationship or we go into a business deal or we go into a decision in our life and we go because we like it, though in our heart we know that it is not right, the consequences of that decision we make, we have to face. He'll turn back and hit us. We have to face it. And we cannot say, God, why did this happen? I prayed about it. I prayed about it and, and you know, you never said anything to me. We cannot point our finger at God because God has already spoken in your heart and said, don't. Because the feeling of, of, you know, of not doing it comes in there. The feeling sometimes will come like you will not have peace when you make that decision. You will not have peace. But when you think, reason out and think, the reasoning will say, go ahead, you can do. But the feeling in your heart is given by God and He says, don't do that. So today, there are many, many people, including Christians, who have made wrong decisions because they, were, they went according to their will. Their will, not God's will. And when that happens, they try to blame God. I prayed about it. But God already spoke to your heart. He has spoken in your heart. You see, God sees a heart which is not willing to follow Him. God sees the heart of, God saw the heart of Balaam was not willing to listen to what God said. God sees the heart. So, doing the will of God and denying the will of God is something which is very common for many people. In fact, every one of us, I would say, every one of us, including me, we have gone astray. We've gone away from the will of God. But somewhere in our life, we make a decision to come to the Lord. So we see here, God allowed Balaam to deny his will and to follow Balaam's own will. To deny God's will and to follow Balaam's own will. And what happened? God allowed him to do it. Numbers 22 Verse 20. Can we read Numbers 22, verse 20? That night God came to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. Okay? Do only what I tell you. Okay, even that you read and see, it is not exactly like what God is telling. Because he's a very cunning man. He does something very cunning. Now we see here then, that is how man is. The mind of man is. Now, I would like to ask you all very, a very important question today. Because we are all Christians, and you all must know the will of God is very important. Everyone has got a, you know, God has got a will of every, for everyone. The will means the, the plan for your life. His will for your life. What are you to do? What are you to do? There is a general will of God which says, 
okay, we have to follow the Ten Commandments. That is the general will of God. But there is known as the specific or the individual will where it says, okay, my child, I want you to go and do this and this and this. That is the individual will of God. Now we see here, we will see here one very important thing I want you all to see. When Judas betrayed Jesus, was it the will of God? Think very carefully. Because I told everything happens according to the will of God. Everything happens to the, according to the will of God. When Judas betrayed Jesus, was it the will of God? You must know, not even a sparrow can fall down and die without the will of God. Jesus had to be betrayed or had to be crucified. Not to say betrayed, had to be crucified to die for the sins. Can it be the will of God for Judas to do that? Think very carefully. I want you all to think very carefully because you see, one day you will be struggling with this will, God's will and my will. Okay, there. I would guide you, I would, uh, I would help you in this. It is not God's will. It is not God's will. God's perfect will for Judas was to be faithful to Jesus. But Judas was greedy for money like Balaam. Judas was greedy for money like Balaam. Now you see, weakness, our weakness. Our weaknesses can always remove us from the will of God. Our weaknesses can always remove us from the will of God. You must always think, what is the will of God for me? My weakness, my desire, my liking, you know. My selfishness. That is why the word of God says, remove all this, remove all this. With this, with these, you cannot think clearly. With all these things, you cannot think clearly. You cannot. Many good workers of God have fallen because of this. The confusion takes place in the mind. Because there is a desire in the heart, and then the will of God comes. So we see here, God's will is very important for us to always seek and to always realign ourselves and go in that direction. Go in that direction, the will of God. So we see Judas was supposed to be faithful to God. You know why? Because Jesus prayed the whole night before he chose the 12 disciples. In the book of Luke chapter 6, Luke 6, 12 and 13. Luke 6, 12 and 13. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Yes. When he had prayed, that means he prayed by name, by name, by name. He prayed for Judas. He prayed for Judas. Every person has weakness. Judas had weakness, but the Lord Jesus Christ prayed and chose the 12. 
Judas was one of them. Joseph the twelve. Peter had his weakness. Others had weakness, but they came out of their weakness. But this man didn't come out of his weakness because while he was there as disciple of Jesus Christ, whatever offering was given for Jesus Christ for the ministry, he put his hand inside and took it. He was a thief, says the word of God. He was a thief. He was putting his hand inside and taking whatever money was given for Jesus Christ. Because of his, of his love or greed for money, he decided to betray Jesus for money. So we see here, uh, our God is a very fair God. And God allowed him to do that under his permissive will. Under his permissive will, God allowed Judas to betray him. God allowed. So we have to understand. Huh? So again, if at, all, if at all we ask, was it the will of God? Now, now I want you to understand a bit more deeper, higher. The understanding of God. God is a sovereign God. Now, sovereign God, very much, very great. Do you know the Bible says the devil cannot move an inch without getting permission from God? God has to nod his head, then only the devil moves. That is the, the authority and the power of God. If a sparrow cannot fall without God's approval, how much? That means that is all under God's will. Okay, it is the will of God for, the, for this sparrow to fall down and die today. It is the will of God for this person to be, to be, you know, tormented by the devil. Yes, God allows. God allows. Why does God allow? Is that's another thing you have to deep, uh, to go inside deeply and see because when a person disobeys. You're open to evil spirits. So today we are going to see even the devil operates under the will of God. Only. So Judas Judas was chosen by the Lord. Was it the will of God for Judas to betray Jesus? No, according to God's perfect will. But yes, according to God's permissive will. You understand what I'm telling? No, according to God's perfect will. But God permits, allows. So under that will, because everything has to happen according to His will. So yes, according to God's permissive will. So today, when we go off track, we go against the word of God, we go and get ourselves, you know, in trouble and problems, it is under the permissive will of God. It is under the permissive will of God. Then we cannot blame God. God, how is it? So today we must understand. Perfect will of God, permissive will of God. God allows. God does allow. Many Christians, many Christians, listen very carefully, many Christians are now 
under God's permissive will. Permissive will brings destruction. Balaam was killed because of that. Numbers 31 verse 8. Numbers 31 verse 8. Balaam was killed because of that. Nobody can say, God, Balaam was a prophet of God. How can that happen? But the prophet of God didn't want to follow the will of God. Can you read that please? Among their victims were Evi, Rechem, Zer, Hur, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. Yes, he was killed. He was killed. Listen very carefully. This message I'm giving you is to, for you to examine, all of us to examine, including myself. Examine ourselves. We have to examine our motives. We have to examine our lifestyle uh, and whatever we do, our words we talk, our you know, thinking, pattern of thinking, our lifestyle, everything we have to think and think and, and we have to study and examine ourselves and see whether I'm in the, the you know, perfect will of God. Or I'm in my own will. Ultimately, I want you all to understand. Nobody, nobody can say, I'm free. I do not want God. I want to be free. When I die, let me die like that. No, you are not free. When you die, you are going to stand before the Heavenly Father. Whoever you are, everyone, nobody dies. Everyone lives. No one dies. You are just taking your, you know, your body, like, like removing your clothes, and you're going up. Your, your real man, the living man, is a spirit being, and he goes up to stand before the living God. Then reality becomes truly real. That is real. That is why. Nobody can run away from the will of God. The will of God is so great. Nobody. Nobody. Listen very carefully. I want you all to listen very carefully. Judas came out of God's will while he was still together with Jesus Christ doing ministry. He was pretending. He was acting. He was a fake. He was doing ministry. He could have prayed for people and people could have been healed in the name of Jesus. All the while he was stealing money and Jesus knew that because he's God. He knew that. Even the disciples others might, might know, might have known. And they would have been wondering why is it Jesus never did anything to him. Never stopped him. Jesus didn't remove him from the ministry which was given to him. Listen very carefully. Jesus never removed him from the ministry given to him. So he became bold. He became more and more bold to do what he likes. Steal. Stand before the Lord. Do ministry. He became more and more bold. But the thing is, under God's permissive will, you cannot survive. He had to commit suicide himself. 
But uh, I, I just want to think, I want you all to think, at the moment of, you know, at that moment when he was about to commit suicide, what would have gone into his mind? Why was I so, you know, disobedient or so, you can say, deceived by the things of the world and did not see reality? Why? Today, Christians, when they are in a situation, they can think like that. So, Jesus never removed him from his ministry. Today, there are Christians doing ministry. There are Christians doing ministry. They pray and healing takes place. They preach and people are changed and people accept Jesus Christ. Listen very carefully. I want you all to listen very carefully. There can be people who can do more, more ministry than myself. Greater and greater ministry. But they must always check and see. Are you pleasing in the eyes of God? Are you obedient to the word of God? It's, it's the most important thing. But do you know what happens to these people? To these people who do ministry and who are successful in their ministry, they have lost their salvation. Matthew chapter 7, verses 20, 22 and 23. Matthew 7, 22 and 23. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Yes. They have done well, ministry. They have done. They have brought many people to the Lord. Some could, could also be saved and, and you know, will be there. But what does the Lord say? I do not know you. Get away from me. I do not know you. You know why? What the Lord wants is obedience. Obedience is very, very important. We are, let us not try to be fake. Let us not try to pretend. Let us not. Because who will be deceived? I will be deceived. I can be a good pretender. But at the end of everything, I am the one who will be deceived. No one else. Therefore, today we have to understand Christianity is not a, you know, to do fake, not to pretend, not to act, not to be so self-righteous. No. Your pretense, your act, everything God knows. Everything God knows. Let us, therefore what I would say is let us not be unproductive Christians. Let us not be unproductive Christians. Let us come under we can't come under the perfect will of God. We can. Even at this time, every one of us can make a decision to come under the perfect will of God. When I say come under the perfect will of God, that means we do not become perfect. Huh? We are coming under the perfect will of God. Is We are trying to come under the perfect will by obeying His will. But we cannot attain perfection here. I would say God's will is, is very important. God's will. That means, you see, God must be recognized 
And we must always say, Lord God, you are the one who has a perfect will for me. And I do not want to go against your perfect will. The other thing which I'd like everyone to understand here is another very important truth is in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Listen to what is written there. Before I formed you, before I formed you. Listen, listen very carefully. Yeah? Before I formed you, I knew you. Before I formed you, I set you apart. Before I formed you, I knew you. That means you were living before you were formed. That means you were alive before you were formed. Where? That means you were alive in the kingdom of God. Before I formed you, I knew you means I... I created you and I know you, you are there in the kingdom of God. Listen very carefully. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. So God is a great God. Before I, you know, formed you, I knew you. We were alive. And God chose us according to his perfect will. God chose us according to his perfect will. We were all created in heaven. Created in heaven. From that verse, I can strongly say we were all created in heaven. You, we were all created as spirit beings in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God. Your body was created in the womb of your mother. Your body was created in the womb of your mother, but you were created as a spirit being in the kingdom of God. Your body was created in the womb of your mother. And how? That's why it says, fearfully and wonderfully he knit me in my mother's womb. In Psalm 139, 13 and 14. Psalm 139, 13 and 14. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Can you read that again, 13 and 14? I want everyone to, to, because there's so much of truth inside here. Yes, can you read that? You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Yes, workmanship is marvelous. This body was created or in the womb. But the life came from heaven. The life came from heaven. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Many things we do not understand. But little here and little there, 
makes us think and know how great our God is. That is the will of God. The will of God for you and for me. We were created in the kingdom of God and we were sent into the body which He created for us. That is how God is. That is our God. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And He made that for a purpose. The purpose is the will of God. He didn't simply create and say, go, you know, be like chicken and be like all the animals. No! He created every one of us with a purpose. And that is why, you know, to the Israelites, he's telling in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, he says, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Yes. That is why he says I have plans for... That means he has got plans for every one of us. Every one of us. If you're struggling in your life, if you say, I do not know why I'm alive, I, do, I don't have peace, I don't have joy, I do not know, you know, I don't have any uh, you know, reason to be alive, there's nothing, no goal for me set, nothing. I just live and die. I get up in the morning, I, take, I do the same things again and again, I go to bed at night every day, you know, all these things. Now, I would say that's not the way your life is. Seek the God who made you, who created you. And ask him, what is your will for me? What is your plan for me? What is your will for me? What is your plan for me? And he will reveal. He will reveal. He will speak to you. Because that is how our God is. So you see, Jeremiah, the prophet, God said, I knew you before I formed you. And then God says, this is the purpose for you to live is you are going to be a prophet going to preach or go, you're going to give my word to the people, whatever I tell you to do. Now what happens is here in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Can we read Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10? Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Okay. Now that was the ministry given to him. But you know what happened? That is the will of God. But then what happened was, Jeremiah couldn't do the will of God with peace. Let me read to you in the book of Jeremiah chapter 20, Verses 7 to 10. I'll read this. Verses 7 to 10. Jeremiah 20. O Lord, you induced me and I was persuaded. You see, you induced me and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted violence and plunder because the word of the Lord was made to me. A reproach and a derision daily. 
Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak anymore in his name. Whenever he spoke about the Lord, whenever he spoke, whatever God wanted him to tell, people laughed at him, mocked at him, and made fun of him, and even tried to, you know, you can say hurt him, harm him. So he was complaining that, he was saying that, you see, I cannot. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak anymore in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not, for I heard many mocking, fear on every side. Report, they say, and we will report it. All my acquaintances washed, all my acquaintances washed for my stumbling, saying, perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him, and we will take our revenge on him. What happens is, people became more and more angry with him. Lord, I, I want to stop telling your word, prophesying your word to people. I want to stop. And he stops. I don't want to do that. I want to stop because I, I cannot take it anymore. I want to stop. He stops. But what happens? He says, when I stop, your word which I have given is burning inside like fire. I cannot keep it. I have to bring it out. That is the will of God. That is the will of God. If there's something God wants you to do and you don't do, you feel something is, you know, you feel unsettled, uneasy, you will know, I, I, I have to, you know, if, even if you say, I don't want to do, I don't, but the thing is, the thing will keep on coming and repeating and you have to, you have to. If you have to meet somebody or go and tell about Jesus to somebody, the thing will keep on coming. Go, go, go and tell. That is how Jeremiah was. That is the will of God. Today, that is what I want you all to understand, the will of God. Do not ever deny the will of God. When God speaks to you in your heart and say, go and see so and so and tell about Jesus Christ, you have to go and see. You have to tell. That is the will of God. Because one day the Lord can ask, I told you, my child, why didn't you do? Because of you, do you know that person is now in hell? I'm not putting you know, fright into you. I'm not blaming you for anyone. But what I'm saying is, that is how God wants us to do. You do not have to force a person to change or to accept Jesus Christ. All you have to do is just tell. That's all. Tell. I want to tell you about Jesus. Jesus loves you. He wants to help you. That's all. A few other words you can tell. Jesus, help me. When I pray and ask him, help me. But And the same, Jesus can help you. At least you have told something to the person. So today, the will of God is such. The will of God is such that we have to reach out. The word of God says, go and make disciples of all nations. We have to reach out. We have to tell. We have to go and tell to our neighbors, to our friends here, to our relatives. We have to tell. Whether they like it or not, we are not forcing them. Nobody can convert a person. Remember, I want to tell you, you cannot convert a person. You cannot convert a person. Even I cannot convert a person. Conversion is done by God, the Holy Spirit. All what you have to do is just obey the word of God. I'll go and tell this person. That is the will of God. The will of God for you and for me is to reach out and to proclaim the gospel. 
That is the will of God. So we see here, Jeremiah couldn't keep at the same time, you know, he wanted to keep, he couldn't keep. He, he, so he was going through a struggle. So finally he had to give in to the word of God and go on continuing to preach. So that is how it is. By resisting the will of God, we could not do anything. We cannot do anything. Remember this. We cannot do anything by resisting the will of God. And in the same way, Jeremiah couldn't do anything by resisting the will of God because that was the purpose he was created for in Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Already, the will of God is your prophet. The will of God is you are a prophet. I want you all to listen very carefully. And the other thing is, do not ever go to people who come and say, I am a prophet. Because if you look at the Bible, prophets are given special calling. The office of a prophet is different from the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is for edification of the church. The office of a prophet is far different. Office of a prophet is, if, they, if you go into the Elijah, Elisha and all these prophets, you see, eh, they don't have everyday prophecy for the king. No, they don't have. Or for every person, they don't have. Today, when the prophet goes somewhere, because it happened a few years back, the prophet is here. All of you line up. He's got prophecy for you. He lays hands and gives prophecy for everyone. God didn't do that in the Old Testament, neither in the New Testament. So remember this. There are prophets, but prophets are given very special calling and they are given calling in such a way that they, they will know. And the person to whom you are giving the prophecy will know it's coming from God. So don't give your head to anyone who says, I've got a prophecy for you. Don't. Because that is not the way it moves. Okay? Now I want you all to understand, huh? the perfect will of God Again, in the Old Testament, I want to share something very very good to understand. The perfect will of God for the Israelites, which God gave, was not to intermarry their sons and daughters with the children of the other nations. Deuteronomy 7, 3 and 4. Deuteronomy 7, 3 and 4. So when I would say, if there's anybody here who's got a prophecy for anyone, a personal prophecy, come and see me and tell me. Before you go and, because you must also know how to bring out the prophecy. You must not intermarry with them. Do not let your daughters and son marry their sons and daughters, for they will lead your children away from me to worship other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and he will quickly destroy you. Okay, so what we see here is, in the Old Testament, if you see, 
God says, do not allow. Israelites, do not allow your children to intermarry with other nations. People of the Hittites and, you know, and all others, the Philistines and all that. But what happened was, we can see here in the book of Judges, chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. In the book of Judges, chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he, when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. What of God clearly says, the will of God is, do not intermarry. Samson sees a Philistine woman. And falls in love with a Philistine woman and tells his parents, get her for me, I want to get married to her. The father and mother say, don't you have any other cheers down here among the Israelites? Why must you go to a Philistine woman? What do you all think? What do you all think here is happening? Okay, here I want you all to understand the great will of God. Judges 14 verses 3 and 4. Judges 14 verses 3 and 4. The great will of God. His father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you could marry? They asked. Why must you go to the pagan Philistines and find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines. Philistines who rule over Israel. At can you read the, the part where God, can you read the part? But the, his father and mother didn't realize? His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at that time. It was God who made, who made Samson fall in love with that woman. Now what's happening here? God said don't, according to the will of God. But here God says, I want Samson to fall in love with that woman there. Listen very carefully. Eh? God's perfect will for Samson was to fall in love with that woman. The Philistine woman. Because God had a purpose, a plan, a purpose. God's perfect will for some people can be different from the perfect will given generally to others. Now I'm, I'm, I'm making you understand, huh? God can do whatever He wants. That is God. God can do whatever He wants. That is God. Because the end result is for for the glory of Jesus Christ, for the glory of God. Because Samson was used at that moment to go against the Philistines. God can do whatever he wants. He is a sovereign God. His will stands. So when Samson fell in love with the Philistine woman, he disobeyed the general will. Okay, how do you know how can we know that that was the will of God for him? Now I want you all to understand, huh? if a person, because the general will is, don't. 
don't go to intermarry. But how to know that that was the will of God for him to get married to a Philistine woman? If, if Samson had gone against the will of God, God the Holy Spirit will never be there with him. Samson was empowered by God the Holy Spirit because he was a mighty warrior. He was a mighty warrior. Now, if that is against the will of God, God the Holy Spirit will have left him. But Judges 14, 5 and 6. Judges 14, 5 and 6. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the wide yards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Okay. Thank you. You see, I want you all to understand. Was God the Holy Spirit with him? Was God the Holy Spirit with him? Then we have no questions. We may not understand certain things. Remember, why I'm sharing this is, let us not open our mouth and speak against anyone when that person is led by God. We know little bits here and there, but God knows the whole thing. About a man of God or a person who's doing ministry, please don't open your mouth and say, he's doing this wrong. You have no right. You have no right. Because it is the will of God, means it is the will of God. But if he's doing something wrong against God, he will fall. God knows that. God knows that. To be, for you to, to understand a bit more deeper is, you must be able to see the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. One, ministry growing is another. Whether, you know, whether everything is peaceful there, these are all the signs of God, the Holy Spirit. Okay? The fruit of the Spirit. There will be unity and love and, you know, and you can, life will be pulsating in the church and there will be growth and there will be so much of laughter and joy. All these things. And then you cannot say anything. You just have to keep quiet. You have to keep quiet. So I would say, let us not make any comments of anyone. Let us not. Because that is God's department, not ours. So, so in the same way, similarly I would say, God's will here was shown by something different. Just because, just because Samson married a Philistine woman, Samson's brother cannot say, I want to go and marry a Philistine woman. Or Samson's friend cannot say, I want to go and marry a Philistine woman. You understand what I'm telling? You understand? So please remember, because this is how it works. God's presence with you will guide you into what is true. And what is the will of God. God's presence will guide you into the will of God. Similarly, I want to tell you, God can change His perfect will. God can change His perfect will because there's no one above God to change anything. And He's the sovereign God. He's above everything. And so He can change His perfect will. King Hezekiah was sick and he was about to die. 
So the prophet goes to King Ezekiel and says, Now prepare yourself. Get ready. You're going to die. God told me. The prophet says, God told me to tell you, you must prepare yourself. You're going to die. In 2 Kings chapter 20 verse 1. 2 Kings 20 verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. You are going to die. Put your house in order. You are going to die. But as the prophet tells and walks out, before he can reach the door, what happens is King Hezekiah cries bitterly to God. Cries bitterly to God. And seeks God's you know, favor. So before the prophet can go out, God speaks to the prophet and says, go back to the king and say, I have added another 15 years for him. Now that was God's will. God's perfect will was to die. But God says, now I change my will. Go and tell him, I've added 15 more years. This is, we can see in, in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 20, verses 2 to 6. 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 2 to 6. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Yes, I want you all to understand. Huh? If it's the will of God for something to happen in your life, you can pray to God and God can change it. God can change it. That means we have a God who's so compassionate, so full of love, and He can change. He can change. So that is what I would like to tell everyone here. Prayer changes things. If you pray, if you pray, like King Ezekiel wept bitterly and prayed and said, Lord, if you pray, God can. God will. But in all this, what we understand here is there are so many different things happening, but it is the will of God. It's the will of God. So will of God in my life, in what way? I have to seek His will. Because there are so many different ways God's will can, can be applied. So my understanding uh, is, is very, uh, is, is like this. Whatever we have, our possessions, you know, our possessions, our income, everything comes under God's will. Everything. If God wants to bless me, He'll bless me. He wants me to have riches, uh, He will give me riches. He, if He wants me to be just like this, yes, but whatever He gives me, I must always be contented, satisfied, and happy 
and thank him at all times. So now with this, I would like to share with you my understanding of this Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. Mark 12, 41 to 44. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they have gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Yes. Now looking back into that, the poor widow, what did she give? Did she give tithes? Or did she give offerings? What did she give? Tithes or offerings? Offering. Well, if you look at it very carefully, it's neither tithes nor offering. She gave everything. She gave everything. Does God instruct us to give everything? No, but she gave everything. This is what I understand. When you understand God's sovereign will upon your life, my understanding is, the lady would have said, the widow would have said, Lord, I give all I have to your will. Your will has sustained me till today. For tomorrow and all my tomorrows are in your will. Whether I live or die, let it be according to your will. Do you know, all the money we have today, all the things we have today, cannot give me breath. Cannot give me breath. The Father in heaven is the one who gives me breath. So should have said, I can go and buy with the two copper coins and eat today. But if that happens, tomorrow I'll die. I have to still wait upon you, Lord. Your will. What is your will? So might as well. I give everything I have to you and I look up to your will. All these years, all these days, you were there to sustain me. Now, I surrender myself to your will. So today, I understand it is not tithes, no offerings. It's everything for God. Everything. That is how our understanding of our mind must be now. Lord, this is yours. That is what Job said. Naked I came into this world and naked I go. Because all the things which I have does not belong to me. It belongs to him. You see, that is the understanding we must have now. So, what is the will of God? Today I would like to ask everyone here, you are under God's will. Either perfect will or permissive will. Which will? Nobody can run away from his will. Perfect will or permissive will. So today I would like to ask everyone here, come into the perfect will of God. And if you come into the perfect will of God, you can see things being restored in your life. Restoration takes place only in the name of Jesus. Nothing else can restore. Nothing else. Whatever we do, whatever we ask for, nothing can restore. Only Jesus can restore. Amen. Shall you stand? Hallelujah. The God whom we serve is a holy God and is sovereign. 
He is the sovereign God. Everything is according to His will. Nothing can go beyond His will. Nothing can move against His will because if He does not allow, the thing will either immediately be destroyed. If He says no, it will be destroyed. It will not be there existing anymore. Because everything is existing according to the will of God. Everything is existing according to the will of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.